Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 240, the one that Kevin's been so excited about of oh. the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. And uh, yes, he said I'm Kevin. So, yeah. Because um, 240 is the milestone instead yeah. of 250 or 300. We're really, we're really just shooting for 240 the whole time. You know, it's, you know? I like 240. It's, I don't know what it is, but I just like it. But it's, it's a good number. Round. So, you know what time of year it is. You know, um, we're, we're, it's it's almost it's almost you know um Chris uh, Christmas no no summer yes it's well I mean almost officially summer yeah um oh wait you were we weren't talking about we're a little late for Memorial season. Day you were but, talking about the yeah. season yeah but it's it's Memorial Day and you know well we... I I said a Memorial Day week same that's what thing I... that's what you're trying to say no 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 that's what I entitled my uh my Google Doc for this. Uh, for my guy for this week. What did you title it? Memorial Week. You don't just title it by the person you're talking about? No. You fucking psychopath. What it's is wrong Memorial with you? Memorial Week 2023. Yeah, but what if you're like, oh shit, who did I cover for this one? You can just search. The name's right on the fucking top. Jesus Christ. Listen. You probably put fucking milk in your bowl before cereal too, don't you? No. You weird fuck. You weird bastard. You wipe your who ass doesn't... standing up too? No. I don't trust you. My brother does that. That's fucking weird, dude. Your brother is... <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was going to say a terrorist, but I don't think that's true. No. Um, well, I mean, okay. First off, we were both weird. We're both weird because it's going to be an embarrassing one. And everybody's going to be like, what the fuck? You didn't learn how to pee standing up until you were 13. No. Oh. No. Okay. He pee, learned to pee standing and uh, sitting on the seat. My grandfather probably taught me, or somebody taught me, a male. You know, yeah, someone who's had experience pissing standing up. Well, I mean, that's. Oh, fuck, I, I know it sounds to be like you know you're. I'm being chauvinist or whatever, but studies prove that if you don't learn, if you learn from a female how to pee, usually it's peeing yeah. on the seat. That's how you. Well, sitting, sitting down. down to pee. Peeing yeah. on the seat is a good way to get sat in your own piss. It's true. Yeah. Been there, done that. Or get your ass kicked by if you have a girlfriend or wife. Oh, no. I'm talking like when I was a little kid, if you pissed on the seat, my mom would make you go in and sit in it. Yeah. Yeah. My mom used to. Was, now you know how I feel. My mom uh, was. Clean that shit up. Yeah. You're the only woman in a house with three men. Get used to it or just learn how to put the seat down. You know? <laughs> You want equality, motherfucker, you can put the seat down, too. Your hands work the same way mine do. There. Equal rights. <laughs> so, anyway, it's Memorial Day. We're a little late on it, but whatever. Um, so, obviously, we are going to do some crazy-ass veterans like we always do for this. Um, you want to start us off? or My guy that I'm covering. My man. Um, I just got to, I just, I read it. I read everything. I was doing the research, and I was like, "Wow, wow!" And I was like, "I started." I it almost sounds like a cop out to do what I'm doing. I I did, but everything I read 
said the same exact story. So I'm actually going to read verbatim from because ev- everything, every single place I went to had the same exact story. They, I mean, I think they almost took it right from his goddamn, uh, uh, his service report of, uh, of how, of his actions to get his, uh, medal. Cause he actually, this, this gentleman actually ends up getting, uh, awarded the medal of honor. Okay. Um, he, this gentleman, we're going to stop calling him this gentleman. Uh, yeah. A, a name would he be is fucking great. William Maud Bryant. Okay. That was close. Never, I've never heard of this gentleman uh, before. I was like, okay. Because, of course, I picked him on. I was like, oh. All right. Well, I was looking through a I'm whole sorry. You said of... his middle name is Maud? Yeah. Like. M A U D. Huh. Maud. That's an old lady name. Whatever. Uh, whatever. You know, that's it's fun, a middle name. It's, you know. Who cares? Well, my guy went by his middle name. Well, and it's not fucking Maud. Well, it's, he didn't go by a middle, his middle name was Maud. If your middle name was Maud, you wouldn't go by it either. True. You know? um, but Unless probably, your first name was fucking, like, Tammy probably, or something. He probably went by William or Will or Willie. Never, still haven't figured out where he got Bill from out of that, but... I don't know that. It's It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Will? Sure. Makes sense. William? Absolutely. Yeah. Same thing. I Bill? Where the fuck did you get Bill? I don't know. It's it's kind of almost the same. They're as, not even close on a keyboard, so it's not like it's a, a, a fucking recent error. True. true. I mean, know? it's almost like uh, Bob out of Robert. I don't know. Maybe it's a long shot. You know, maybe maybe it is a long shot, me saying that. Yeah. I think when I hear, you know, Robert, I think more of like shorten it to Rob. Yeah. You know, or Robbie, but not Bob. I yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fucking white people. Hey, good. Guess what? We don't have a name that you can change. Asshole. That's true. Yeah. True. Yes. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Just change. It, it just to fits. Ass. Yeah. You know? just, just goes to asshole. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, Mr. Bryant was born in uh, Cochrane, Georgia, on February 16th of 1933, to Mr. and Mrs. Sebron Bryant. Um, Brian's parents divorced when he was young, and he was sent to live with a, with an uncle in Detroit, Michigan. He completed high school at uh, Newark Vocational and Technical School High School in Newark, New Jersey, before he joined the Army on March 16th. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. He completed that, and then he joined the uh, Army on the 16th of March in 1953. It's usually the, the right in order. In Detroit, yep. Uh, now he was not like, you know, a lot of people cause you know, 1953, everybody's thinking, okay, he joins and he's going to go to Korea or Vietnam, which is shortly some like, uh, close to this somewhere around, maybe like after like 10 years or so. Yep. Um, but no, he doesn't. He's not going in to get drafted to, to actually go, you know, be drafted and go off to war. This guy is joining to be in the military, right? Okay, because well, he does. Like I say, he does. And it's kind of a spoiler. He goes to Vietnam. 
Yeah, All I mean, right. he's, he's born in the right area to go to Vietnam. Yeah. Well, uh, this is his credentials before, and everything he does before he goes to Vietnam. Uh, basic airborne course at Fort Benning, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got a ranger tab. Yep. Um, basic heavy weapons course. That sounds fucking Cam- rad. Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Uh, jump master course, Fort Bragg, mm-hmm. North Carolina. Advanced non-commissioned officers course, Fort Bragg. Advanced non-commissioned officer course, Fort Benning, Georgia. I'm tr- I'm trying to I'm I'm super curious as to why there's so many military bases in fucking Appalachia. Because there's a shitload of them there, like down through the Carolinas, Kentucky, Tennessee. There's so fucking many, and they're all like, "Hey, you're gonna jump out of airplanes and land in swamps, eat dicks." You know, I don't know. And like anybody you've ever talked to that went to one of those is not like, oh, no, it was a great place. So like this place fucking sucks. <laughs> the only uh, place that's probably worse is Fort Hood because you'll get killed there. You know, it's um, not called long, no longer called Fort Hood. Well, yeah, fair enough, because he was a shitbag Confederate general anyway. Whatever. Um, but they also didn't name it after the guy they should have named it after where they were headed to. And then they're like, oh, we should call it freedom or something instead. Because we'd hate to fucking upset people by naming it after a, you know, a, uh, a fourth or fifth generation Mexican-American who went to Vietnam and kicked the ever-living dog balls out of everybody he came in fucking contact with. You know, sometimes... Should have been Fort Benavidez is what I'm saying. True. Should have been. I don't disagree with you. Because goddamn Roy Benavidez. Bad uh, motherfucker. So after his advanced non-commissioned officer course training in Fort Bragg, Fort Benning... Um, he ends up actually going to long range reconnaissance patrol school oh. in Osberg, Germany. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. You see where this is kind of going? Sorta. Uh, then his next thing is explosive ordnance reconnaissance course in, uh, Hohenfell, uh, Germany. Okay. Then he does counterinsurgency rage course, uh. Fort Bragg. He's going to be one of those fucking goons in, uh, in blue jeans and a flak jacket mm. out in the woods. Mm. Then he does Special Forces Airborne Course, uh-huh. Fort Bragg. Uh-huh. His last but not least thing before going to Vietnam is Intelligence Analysts Special Forces Course at Fort Hollowbird uh, Hol- uh, in Maryland. You know what this sounds like to me? What? Sounds like he's going to be a Navy SEAL before they figured out how to write. Uh He's special forces. Yeah, so, so he's probably he's like Green Beret, Delta, Marsoc, some shit like that. With like, you know, we can go into Cambodia because if we get caught, we just were never even born. Whatever, yeah, fuck yeah. it. You I know, mean, we were here on vacation. He's uh, well, he's special forces army. So, so he's kind of like Delta. Yeah, Green Beret. Not really Delta because they don't exist. Right. But. No, like I said, he'd be like that Marsoc kind of, like the Vietnam. The crazy bullshit that they oh, no. did there it wasn't Delta that doesn't exist. What's the one that doesn't exist? They say that, well, exists but doesn't exist. I mean, Specru technically doesn't exist, but that's like um, that's a weird one. I don't know. Um. Well, anyway, so September six, September of nineteen sixty eight, Sergeant Bryant was serving uh with Company A, fifth uh, Special Forces Group, First Special Forces. And was transferred to Vietnam. Uh, transferred to Vietnam. 
On March 24th of 1969, Sergeant Bryant was serving as commanding officer of Civilian Irregular Defense Group uh, Company 321, 2nd Battalion, 3rd Mobile Strike Force Command in Longcon uh, Province. I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's For everybody, it's K H. A N H. Yeah, it's like Long Quan or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, so the province in Republic of Vietnam. The uh, and this is where he gets into the shit, as yeah. they said back then. Yeah. Uh, the battalion comes under heavy gunfire, and they become surrounded by uh, the elements of three enemy regiments. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot, uh, especially when you consider they're, they're Vietnamese and they're small and they can stack on top of each other. Yeah. So you triple that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Like sand people, but in a jungle. Yes. Yeah. That lay wicked-ass booby traps. I thought you were going to say eggs. They will. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty they, sure the Vietnamese don't lay eggs. They could. I, I think they give live birth like, uh, you you sure? know, like sharks and stuff, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. But All though, right. speaking of which, the booby traps, there's the... Um, I watched something a while ago with a Vietnam vet where they were asking, like, um, like so we always heard stories about you guys, you know, policing your, your like, food cans and stuff. The guy's like, yeah, because if we didn't, they would take them and make them into fucking landmines. So yeah. You could get your foot blown off with a tuna can. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Very it's much. Like, and you, you got to figure, you know, we kind of went into it the same way we went, went into Afghanistan. We're like, oh, it's a bunch of fucking uneducated natives. And then... um we got the shit kicked out of us mm. on a regular basis. You know, contrary to popular belief, we didn't win the Vietnam war. Yeah. We got a participation trophy. We're like, okay, well, so I mean, we, hold we, on. We, okay. We were good. We were, we were pushing them back heavily. If we're on the podium. Okay. Vietnam took the gold. We took silver and France took third. I don't think, uh, no. Yeah. I don't. Uh... I'm talking Vietnam as a, as a, as in general, like South and North between the two of them, they won, right? The French sucked balls in Vietnam. Okay. So yeah. we kind of took second place there. True. I mean, if we had another choice, I would put them on the podium because simply for the fact that they're the French and I feel that they're like fourth. <laughs> Somebody has to finish third in a three in a three country race, though. All right, fine. You know, you know, whatever. Plus, we want to put the Chinese in third because they gave the Vietnamese a lot of weapons and stuff. They, they don't count. But they were definitely like on the podium for the Korean War, though. All right, because they had a bunch of Chinese guys get killed. Yes. Oh no! Shit. Mm, darn. Dead communists. What a shame. Oh goddamn yeah. Mongolian. I mean, <laughs> oh, oh. goddamn North Korea. Goddamn North Dakota. Yeah. Uh, so Sergeant. Uh, Bryant displayed extraordinary heroism throughout the succeeding three hours of the incessant attack on, and as he moved throughout the company position. Three fucking hour gunfight. Yeah. yeah. Most of them last seconds, and you're like three fucking hours. Three I don't want to sit through a movie for three hours, let alone um, get shot at. The so intense ho- this had very intense hostile fire. Yeah, it's well so. uh, establishing and improving the defensive perimeter. Uh, directed by directing fire during critical phases of the battle, distributing ammunition, assisting the wounded, and providing leadership 
an inspirational uh, example of courage to his men. So this guy is fucking going up and down the line. He's not leading from the rear. Yeah, he is right there. I mean, yep. during this time, you know, being a sergeant meant more than being a lieutenant. Yeah. Because they're going to listen to the old man. And you're also not going to get your guys lost in the woods. Yeah. I mean, um, you were going to... You were the one that they were going to listen to. Lieutenant was wet behind the ears and was going to get you killed. boy. Yeah. Yeah. Was going to get you killed probably. And most likely, most of the time, most lieutenants listen to, uh, unless they had been in for a while. Yep. You know, but most of the time, they listen to the sergeants. The, the lieutenant is the guy that gets saluted because you have to. The sergeant yeah. is the guy that gets saluted because he's respected. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh so they're doing all this and a helicopter comes in, drops ammunition. Uh was was and it was meant to be a resupply. Yeah. Um and Sergeant Bryant with a with a complete disregard and they actually missed where they were gonna go. Of course or they did. Why would they fucking drop in the right spot? So Sergeant Bryant, with complete disregard for his own safety, ran through heavy enemy fire to retrieve the shattered ammunition boxes and distribute them as needed um, to his men. Now, here's the question. I know you probably, you, I, you don't know this from looking into this. When they drop ammunition like that, is it just loose rounds and cases or are they dropping like loaded magazines? Uh, I think it's just ammo in... Like cans, like the metal cans. Yeah. Damn. Because, like... That's how they did it back then. It takes a second to reload an AR-15 magazine, right? Yeah. Do that while you're getting shot at from whatever, how many different yeah, they fucking angles. They wouldn't Fuck load... that. They wouldn't load... Um, have loaded ammo. They wouldn't have it loaded in M16 That's what I'm saying. It's like, that's fucking crazy. That would make it so much easier. But no, they you were know. in the canisters, probably, uh, you know, loose rounds. Yeah. You fucking had to reach in. But you got some boom, fucking boom, 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 dork boom. sitting back there with his birth control glasses on, you know, writing shit down. He could put this motherfucker to work and load magazines. Well, you know, it goes. it's not hard to do when you're not getting shot at. True. I Bunch yes. of fucking idiots. So during a lull in the tense fighting, Sergeant Bryant led a patrol outside the perimeter to obtain information on the enemy. The patrol came under intense automatic weapons fire and was pinned down. Sergeant Bryant single-handedly pushed back the enemy attack on on his uh, small force and by his heroic action inspired his men to fight off an other assaults. Nice. Holy shit. Seeing a wounded enemy soldier uh, some distance from his patrol location, Sergeant Bryant crawled forward alone under heavy fire to retrieve this soldier for intelligence purposes. Finding that the enemy soldier had died, mm-hmm. uh, Sergeant Bryant crawled back to his patrol and led his men back to the company position where he again took command of the defense. Jesus. So this guy has not once, not twice, but three times yep. put himself in a position of heroic action, mm-hmm. and it's no wonder why. I mean, I I, I had to share that because as soon as I saw this and I read this with everybody, well, for, for you know this whole thing, I was like, I have to share this with everybody because this is an epitome of what 
heroism and everything is because you have no disregard for your own body to do something. <laughs> Shit like this is the reason that they wrote the preamble for the Medal of Honor. Yeah. And they're just like, we're just going to like control V this in every time we need once we don't have to keep typing it yeah. because... No, this is going to happen from time to time. <laughs> I mean, it, it's the shit they make movies out of. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm surprised there isn't one. Um, Vietnam was not a popular war, so no. that's why you don't see as much stuff. And then when you do, it's usually negative, you know, in our favor. Yeah. You know. So, as the siege continued, Sergeant Bryant organized and led a patrol into a daring attempt to break through the enemy um, encirclement. The patrol advanced some 200 meters by by heavy fighting when it was pinned down by the intense automatic weapons fire from heavily fortified bunkers. Uh, and this is where uh, Bryant would be actually severely wounded. Ooh. Despite being wounded, he rallied his men, called for the helicopter gunship support, and directed heavy suppressive fire upon the enemy position. Following the gunship, last gunship attack, Sergeant Bryan fearlessly charged an enemy automatic weapons position, overrunning it, and single-handedly destroying three defenders. Son of a bitch. Inspired by his heroic uh, example, his men renewed their attack on the entrenched enemy while regrouping his small force for a final assault against the enemy. He actually re would receive... A fatal, his fatal wound. Ah, oh, fuck. And it would come at the hand of an enemy rocket. I mean, that's one way to go. Yeah. You know, at least he didn't... <sighs> he was killed in action on March 24th, 1969 at Long Kong Province, Republic of Vietnam. President Richard M. Nixon presented the Medal of Honor to his parents on February 16th of 1971 uh, at, the cer at a ceremony at the White House. He was buried at Raleigh uh, National Cemetery in North Carolina. Wow. I'm surprised he's not in uh, Arlington. No, because you can choose to be. Oh, well, yeah, but, you know, that's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, we've uh, we made the bed for you. Hop, you know. Yeah. Welcome home kind yeah, of deal. True. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are. But, I mean, think... <sighs> But this is hopefully the one. it was at least quick. Getting killed by a rocket doesn't seem like the kind of thing you're going to linger around for for a little bit, no. unless it's shrapnel. But if you took like a damn near direct hit, yeah, I would rather do that than get bayoneted to death and have True. to fucking die that way. You know? um, so in addition to the Medal of Honor, Sergeant Bryant was also awarded the Bronze Star, the Purple Heart, three Good Conduct Medals, the National Defense Medal. Vietnam Service Medal, Vietnam Campaign Medal, uh, Vietnamese, mm -hmm. the Combat Infantry Badge, and the Parachutist Badge, uh, Damn. Vietnamese. Damn. So, uh, as I said, so this this is William Maud Bryant, everyone, yep. and I was like, I was inspired. I was, I was like, holy crap. This, I yeah. mean, I read it and I was like, well, is there any more on this guy? And I actually, to be truly honest with everybody, there was no more. Yeah. It was just, it covered just what happened, uh, a little bit on his background, but everything was on 
what he did. And it was like, yeah. it. Lo- uh, I'm being truly honest with everybody, front and forthright. Every single thing I saw, it was all pretty much like, like I said earlier, like they took his, uh, his Medal of re- Honor citation. Medal of Honor citation verbatim yep. copied and pasted it there you go yeah because i mean honestly uh, how the fuck else i mean what what better way to actually you know talk about a guy right. is what get to the point get what happened everything yeah i you know? with, with my guy i literally had uh three sources to choose from so it one of one of said sources was wikipedia there wasn't a lot on this guy either. Yeah, and you, you know, know what? The funny thing is, is I always find the Medal of Honor citation. Yeah. For got for everybody that we have covered, everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally everybody that I have covered, I have I have got the military Medal of Honor citation yep. that kind of like you know does the whole jargon and everything of of you know date, place, time, oh, yeah. everything. Yep. This guy. I could not find that. Really? Yeah. And usually it's like one of the first. Vietnam, you said? Yeah. One of the first ones that you could uh, I could find. That is courtesy of thriftbooks.com. They're not a sponsor, but I sure wish they were. Because, my God, do I spend a bunch of money there. Um, I have legitimately, like, the big coffee table book of fucking Medal of Honor recipients. Um I don't know that it would have covered any of the more recent guys because I don't think it's that new, but it's got a fucking ton of them. Um, okay, so there's nothing really on him, but it gives he's in that registry. Yeah, but there's nothing really like information wise. Yeah, couple of really cool fucking resources though. Um, oh, he's a sergeant first class. Okay, so. He was. He probably got that rank like posthumously, though. No. No, or he was. He was already that. Oh, okay. So he was. Uh, same rank as my dad when my dad retired. No shit. So he was an E. E seven. Yeah, somewhere there. Seven. Yeah, E seven. E seven or E eight. One or two. Um, I had that. I could ask my brother. But uh, yeah. I mean, or you have a computer right in front of you. But. Fifth Special Forces Group. Yeah. Yeah, they were mm. they were some motherfuckers. So these two books that I randomly just pulled out, like I they never fucking existed that I've had for a couple about a year now. Um, one is Medal uh, Medal of Honor Portrait of Valor uh, Beyond the Call of Duty, which is a big ass like coffee table book. Um, then I have Vietnam Medal of Honor Heroes uh, by Edward F. Murray Murphy. A um, couple of cool fucking books that, again, if you're looking for stuff like this, or if you're somebody that also does a podcast, wink, wink, Peace. nudge, nudge, there's a couple of you out there, thriftbooks.com. Shit's super cheap, and you get it quick. E7. E7, okay. E7. Um, so I think with that, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back, and um, we'll talk about World War II. I don't th- have we done that yet? Have we oh. talked about World War II with anybody? Yes. Not ringing a bell. Weird. All right, so again, this is a a guy that, like Kevin, I had never fucking heard of this guy until I started just digging around for people and the name for some reason I was like, who's this? So I clicked on it and I started reading. I was like, oh shit, okay. Um, so we're gonna talk about William G. H. Searcy. 
So January 4th, 1923, just a regular ass little boy born in Corpus Crispy. Corpus Crispy. Corpus Crispy, yes. huh? Yes. 1923? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Which if, uh, if I... He was three years older than my grandfather. Yeah. Which if I... I believe if my translation is right, that's uh, Crispy Corpse in Latin. Ah. Uh, um, yep. That's in Texas. Yep. Um, his na- full name, Warren Gamaliel Harding Searcy. Okay. So he was named after a president, which would be, you know, Warren, Warren G. Harding. Hardy. Yeah. Which, Gamaliel is a fucking awful name. And I'm pretty sure if you say it three times, you, like, have summoned some sort of demon um, or Beetlejuice's cousin-ish of True. some sort. But um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I just I just thought it, I, I just came up. I Sorry. Um, my brain just went somewhere else. I saw. I was looking at my computer open and fucking saw something. Apologize. Big old dick. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> you talked about, you know, place and everything else. And I was like, my brain kind of went, wait a minute. I forgot to, you know, we should mention this on the podcast. I don't know if anybody else has heard this. But, uh, 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 what's your name? Um, oh, one of the girls from, uh, that was, uh, helped, um, Tex with uh killing um what's her name uh the fucking actor that uh from the Mar- from uh, Manson Charles Manson Oh yeah uh, um, uh what's her name uh, uh shit. shit it was um I got gotcha. you Well anyway uh I just saw in, in the on the news that she uh uh Patricia Krenwinkle No the yeah, other one. She was just. A, she was a uh, Leslie Van Houten. Leslie Van Houten. She yeah. was just approved to be uh, paroled or suggested to be paroled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think like I think she fucking it, parole my nuts. No, because the other one has um died. I think or whatever. I hope they're all. I hope they all fucking die. Fuck them. Um. Yeah, but I'm sorry. That yeah. was like a huge fucking. Woo! Yeah. I took it a really I took a fucking huge left turn. Well, dude, I mean, here a couple months ago, I was starting to work on another episode for somebody that I'd heard had been granted parole, and then all of a sudden they fucking denied it, so I stopped. Oh, Charles Bronson got his book. Mm. He's goddamn crazy, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll let him out of jail," and then all of a sudden they're like, "Nah." It's like fuck. I was gonna release it in coincidence with that, and it just never happened. But mm. um, anyway, back on topic here. Um, well, we already covered Charles Bronson. No, we didn't. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure we didn't. You would remember if I had covered Charles Bronson. I promise. What well, we need to cover Charles Bronson for? What? What do you do? He was a fucking maniac, dude. Free plug for another great show. Let them fight. Go listen to the Charles Bronson episode there. Um, absolute. Just fucking psychopath. Um, yeah, I... Honestly, I think he ended up in jail because he was bored, and then he got bored in jail, so he's just stayed there because he keeps doing stupid shit. Um, I don't think you mean... Yes, I, I know. I, I do mean Charles Bronson. Not the actor Charles Bronson. The English criminal Charles Bronson that uh, Tom Hardy played in the movie. Okay. But this is a guy who had a disagreement with another inmate, so he ground up fucking glass and mixed it in with the sugar and gave it to him for his tea. Just to listen to him scream while he pissed blood. Yeah. Good dude. Huh. Yeah. Um, so anyway, 
Sorry. Uh, My fault, y'all. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. That's okay, though. Uh, so Warren would actually end up going by Harding. Um, he was named again after the 29th president, who actually passed away about seven months after he was born. Oh, so, wow. Because uh, Warren G. Harding died in August. Uh, our buddy here was born the fourth day of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a pretty normal childhood for the time. The only thing that really stuck out is some super wholesome shit that we're about to talk about right now, and I loved it. Um, he's 12 years old. He gets himself all decked out in his little church suit and his tie. He's looking good. Um, one account said that he scrubbed his face to the point that it was almost red. Um, <clears throat> went down to the corner store, bought a bouquet of flowers and a carton of ice cream, and he marches his little ass right down to the, the front door of his friend Margaret, and he knocks on the door. And uh, she answers, and when she does, he says, hey, can you get your mother for me? Goes and gets her mother, because he didn't bring the ice cream for Margaret. He brought him for Margaret's mom. Mm. So you're probably thinking, you know, fucking Warren G here, he's he's laying down his game. He's trying to pick up some older ladies. Uh. Oh, no, 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 no. He preemptively asked for her daughter's hand in marriage when they turned 18. <laughs> okay, so he's 12, she's 9. Enough of an age difference to be creepy. Um and on her, like shortly after she turned 18, they got fucking married. That's dedication. Wow. Most most marriages don't last as long as these two courted. You uh-huh. know, and I'm like that's fucking cute and I love it. Um So we're going to move forward to March of 1941 when uh, Harding strolls down to the recruiting office and joins up with the army. Um he wanted to fight. He's like, you know, I think he was one of the guys that could kind of see the writing on the wall where you got the war going in Europe. Eventually, we're going to have to get involved. Um, then Japan makes a huge fucking mistake. You know. They knew they did. Right, yeah. Something about a sleeping dragon and a rifle behind every blade of grass, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know. Yes. We invented the fucking electric rice cooker before anybody else. Um, well, it wasn't really electric. It was a uh, nuclear. Okay. Very efficient rice cooker. Um <laughs> So he goes and signs up and um, he, at this point in time, had to point it out to him, uh, sir, you are black. You cannot fight in this man's army. Um, Fuck you. You can serve as a cook. You can do cleaning or be a supply clerk, whatever. Um, But then General Leslie J. McNair comes along, who is the commander of the armed ground army ground forces. Um, And he decided that, you know what? It doesn't really matter what color you are. If you are willing to fight and die for the United States, mm-hmm. go right the fuck ahead. Of course. Do it. You're not going to fight with troops that don't look like you, but you can go do it. That's fine. You know, um, so he would end up being assigned to the 761st Independent Tank Regiment. The word independent here is not, is you know, not as cool as it sounds. They're not like going off and doing their own shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's thrown in there instead of saying all black tank regiment it's just it's segregated so we're going to throw this word in here because they're part of the regiment but at the same time like we're not going to invite them to the picnic you know what i mean ah yes you know even though you fucked up because they've got all the good food uh-huh you know uh, so but of course just because it's a segregated unit doesn't mean that these guys aren't going to just go over there and just kick nazi dicks into the dirt because we already covered another guy who was also in World War II in a segregated fucking unit uh, and turned out to be one of the 
most highly decorated units of World War II, and that would be Daniel Inouye and the 442nd Infantry Regiment, which is all Japanese-American boys. Uh-huh. Um, this is our guy that we've covered that um, he was midway through, uh, through throwing a grenade at a uh, mortar emplacement or something, and some fucking kraut popped out and shot him in the arm with a, a rifle-mounted grenade and blew his arm off. Yeah. Basically, and he had to pry his own fingers that were no longer connected his body off of a grenade that was live, pry it out, and then fucking throw it with his other hand. Yeah, bad motherfucker. Go back and check him out. Uh, might have been a Memorial Day episode a few years ago, if I remember correctly. See either that or it was <coughs> Veterans Day. Or when we just decided, like, fuck it, let's just talk about badasses. You Probably. Know? That's, we do that randomly. Yeah. Um, so they had a pretty badass name. For the unit and a really cool motto. They were called the Black Panthers. Oh, nice. Um, before Stan Lee got a hold of it. And their motto was come out fighting. And they sure fucking did that. So the unit as a whole would become pretty well decorated throughout the war, including having a member uh, be awarded the Medal of Honor. Uh-huh. Spoiler alert, not our guy. Um, but by most accounts, it seems like our buddy Harding... Um, Normal dude, well-adjusted, until he got into battle and he just went shit crazy, okay? One of his unit mates said, quote, He wore horn-rimmed glasses and had these baby cheeks with soft fuzz on his upper lip, upper lip that never survived into a proper mustache. He was quiet, easygoing, polite, and meek. But you know what they say, still water runs deep. So he he hid, he, he buried the crazy very well, okay? Yeah. So the 761st, um, they've been given an all-expenses-paid trip to beautiful, tropic North France, where they would be assigned to the 3rd Army of the European Campaign. That would be Patton's 3rd Army of the European Campaign. Yes. Um, He was kind of skeptical at first about the fighting ability of these uh, these black troops and guys in tanks, because, you know, they got white guys. Why do I need black guys? You know? Um... Patton pretty quickly changed his mind after he watched them fight. Um, and he went, hey, you know what? I don't give a fuck. Give it to him. Got a very, very good look at their willingness to fight, as a matter of fact, during the Normandy and Ardan campaigns, which were two of the more calm periods of World War II. Not a lot really happened in the Ardan forest or near Normandy or anywhere in that neck of the woods into France and Belgium. Pretty quiet. Pretty quiet. There wasn't a HBO miniseries about it or anything. Um, There hasn't been fucking a million books written by Stephen Ambrose about it or anything. Nothing big happened here. No. You know. um, Definitely not. They played fucking soccer on Christmas. Yep. No, no. These were were ugly, ugly Uh, goddamn times. uh Uh, To the point that um, the 761st faced direct combat for 180 straight days. That's a lot of fighting. Uh, he and his back back. He and his Black Panthers ran into some uh, ran into some action on November seventh, nineteen forty four, in the French town of Monjevic, uh, Victor Ciel, and uh, Morville uh, Levic. Uh, so they ran through three towns the same day and got shot at and had to fight their way out of all three of them. Then we're gonna land on November tenth. They're cruising along, minding their own business. Some shitbag Germans jump out and, you know, throw him a surprise party. Um, his tank 
column is traveling with dog company who I believe were infantry. Um, so everybody's getting hit. Everybody out on the ground is getting hit. They're trying to kind of circle the tanks around in front to use them like soft cover kind of because, uh, you know, German rifles weren't obviously using fucking armor piercing rounds. That wasn't really a thing at the time. Mm. Um, but in an effort to try to throw down some cover himself, he climbs out with nothing but his 30 caliber rifle and a bad attitude. He charges the German lines, just shooting dudes left, right, and center. And he's just trying to give his guys enough cover to get back. But it just turns out that his cover fire is super fucking accurate and he's killing dudes all over the place. Yeah. Okay. So he does what he can, starts to head back towards his tank when a fucking Panzer Shrek team comes up and they Panzer wreck his fucking tank with a rocket. He was just about back into the tank when this thing hit. So from here, his tank is now kind of slightly on fire because it's been hit with a anti-tank round. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. You know. Um, well, I mean, that's what happens. Just so happens that there's a Jeep right there. Oh. A Jeep that's not on fire. Well. Back when Jeeps were fucking cool. Yes. This one was extra cool because it had a 30 caliber machine gun on it. Ooh. So he gets up there and he just starts fucking dispensing freedom at a very, very rapid pace. Uh-huh. Um, made sure that all the Panzer Shrek teams got theirs because they, they hurt his tank. So mm. these guys have to die now. I don't disagree with that. I mean, you fuck with the tank. You... No, you fucked with his tank. Yeah, it's true. You I don't thought... fuck with somebody's car. That's that's what I meant. I mean, that's how you get it, shot. It, Clearly, yeah, still a thing. Yeah. Don't fuck with another man's tank. I mean, honestly. Or if you've ever seen Rush Hour, ever touch Black Man's Radio. <laughs> Love that movie. Uh... From here, after killing God only knows how many Germans, he orders the Jeep forward. Because when he had charged the enemy lines, he had noticed that there was a German Ford recon team starting to come into the area. Um, and they're doing what recon teams do. They're radio radioing back, positioning to either yep. a mortar team or an artillery team, whatever. Yep. yep. Doesn't really matter what they were doing because Warren Harding sees them and he then decides to send them to Jesus. Oh. Uh, mowed down the entire fucking recon team with a oh. thirty caliber machine gun. Okay. Um but again, mild-mannered, nice dude, polite, kind of guy you'd take home to meet mom and dad. Uh-huh. Uh, like, 30-ish years later, when it was fine. Because um, at the time, they would have been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah dude, no. <laughs> you know we can't own farm equipment anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the next day, when traveling, they're flagged down by an infantry lieutenant who had uh, mysteriously got himself lost. Don't know how that happened. Um, I I think you're losing your fucking sense of direction comes with the the rank apparently, uh-huh. especially during World War II because they were notorious for getting people fucking lost, and apparently they still do on training missions. Uh, according to a guy that I watch on YouTube, he's like a uh, uh, he's National Guards. He's like anytime we do training missions, I make sure that I'm with my lieutenant so that he cannot get us fucking lost because I know how to run a compass and he doesn't. Um, <laughs> So he was with, he was attached to the 26th division. He's headed up to a hill that had kind of seen some fighting and he wanted to get a better look at what was going on. And he figured that inconveniencing a whole ass tank battalion would be the best way to get himself back there. Uh huh. And because he outranked everybody and because he was also white, you kind of have to listen to him. 
So, like, he didn't have to, but they chose. You have to. to listen to him based on rank. Yeah, but the fact that if this white dude had been like, "Well, I'd flag down this this tank full of black guys," and they wouldn't let me in and do anything, they'd be like, "Oh man, we're not even going to court martial. We're just going to kill them all." <laughs> you know. Um. So being, you know, later in the year, it's been snowing. Tends to do that in France. Yeah. yeah. Ground's a little soft. Haven't really had a good, good solid freeze. You know, yeah, you know, uh, anybody in the Northeast understands that you get you get a couple of real good hard frosts. That's when your ground gets hard, and you can't do shit with it after that. Until then, it's just cold and messy. And um, being cold and messy is not great for the American tanks because they had really narrow tracks, as opposed to the German tanks, where the Germans were used to driving in this shit, so they did wide tracks. And make it easier to traverse this kind of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's just go into it because we're not talking like we're talking Panzers, Panthers and Tigers is what the, the Germans are running. The best tanks that have ever been made up until about 1970 ish when the Abrams came out. Um, and the Tiger is actually kind of the grandfather of the Abrams. Kind of like the MG42 is the grandfather of every fucking belt-fed machine gun that we use now. Because we went, oh, German engineering is pretty fucking cool. Let's take it back and just, like, put racing stripes on it and shit and call it American. It'll work. I mean, <clears throat> the Sherman was nothing to be... To, <sighs> the to... Sherman, But the Sherman got their asses kicked by all of these other tanks. Well, I mean, okay, first off... The king, t- the king. Oh my god! Doesn't it have to be a king tiger, a regular ass tiger, a peasant tiger? Could or, just knock or, the or, dick off of a... the Panzerfaust. You know, I mean, you got the 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 Konigs tiger, the Konigs, you know, Panzer. Yeah. I mean, the Panther know. Four was a motherfucker. Like, I mean, but like some of these were like just fucking huge, and they were like, okay, but we can fucking go. I mean, the Abrams. You know, because I mean, the uh, Sherman was like it was it, it was fucking, the little engine that could of it tanks. Could, it, I mean, it was fucking powerful. It could move, and it took it to them. But what I'm saying is, they got their asses kicked pretty frequently by the other ones. The other things the German, the other thing the Germans did was they made most of their tanks look the same, but just like Russian doll size. You know, like boop, 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 so that when you ran into True. a Panzer, you went, "Oh fuck, that's a Tiger," and people would scatter. Yeah. Um, matter of fact. Complete goddamn nerd moment here. Uh, tabletop World War II game, uh, bolt action. Yeah. When I was playing as Germans, they have a rule called Tiger Fear, where if you have any tank on the field and it's outside of a certain distance where there's still line of sight to it, all enemy combatants treat it like a tiger, which means they will not charge it. They won't fucking do anything to it really until they can get close enough to actually identify it as a panzer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, Anyway, so they get bogged down after, you know, in the shitty weather after a few times and they start moving uphill. And uh, Cersei tells his driver, a man by the name of Henry Tyree, that uh, I mean, to get out, sit on top so we can get a better view. I'll, you know, convey everything back to you from there. Uh huh. So he's sitting on top of it and they break free from the tree line and immediately start taking small arms fire. Under direct fire, like rounds wanging off the side of this tank within a couple inches of him, he starts pounding on the hatch and ordering Tyree to back up. 
which he was already doing when the hatch opened and uh, Cersei dives down into the tank and apparently lands directly in the lieutenant's lap. Um, so... Why, hello. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you again. Um, so as Tyree's starting to back up, he backs into an anti-tank ditch that they didn't see on the way up because it was full of snow. Uh-huh. Um, and it doesn't really matter how much snow there is in it. When you drop a 24-ton tank into it, it's going to kind of display snow. So they get stuck. So as they're, where they're stuck, he snatches up the, the phone that's in there, like the little bag phone. Um, says, we need another another vehicle up here. We're stuck. We need help. We're getting shot at. So within a couple of minutes, now the tank shows up. Um, still under pretty severe fire. He climbs out of the tank, runs to the other one, tells them where they need to position themselves while he's still getting fucking shot at. Like he's running a, like a, like he's trying to pick up some dickhead on the side of the road with a, a flatbed. <coughs> he's like, well, I need you to back up here and get square. And he's getting fucking shot at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they get all, all situated. He hooks his tank up. And as his rig is getting pulled out, he climbs back into it. He climbs back into it just as an armor piercing shell glances off the hull of the tank. Um, had he been, had he been a little bit later or had it been a more square shot, his tank would now have been sponsored by Tostitos chunky salsa. Cause that's all that would have been left in there. Just chunky salsa, smoke and fire. Uh-huh. Um, because those tanks are pretty small. You throw a fucking armor piercing round into it. You're going to hit the magazine and it's going to be a bad time for everybody there. Lights out London. Yeah. It, it would have been quick at least for the most part. Um, so because it wasn't a direct hit. Okay. So they get the tank out and Tyree is now trying to get out of the way, but also kind of in the way so that they can position the tank between the German infantry and their infantry. Uh huh. Again, just trying to give them some cover. Um, he again climbs out of his rifle. Yes. <laughs> out of his rifle. Huh? I mean, technically, I guess they're smooth bore climbs out of his cannon. Um, <laughs> With his rifle and starts killing Germans. Here's where it gets a little fuzzy because there's two different accounts as to what happened here. And I'll explain to you which one I think is is accurate after we're done. Okay. So over the course of the next few hours, it becomes all hands on deck to get the other get the tanks completely unstuck and all this shit. Um, they keep getting, you know, being engaged by the Germans with just small arms, occasionally some machine gun fire. Um, and he was, happened to be outside and saw a couple of his guys from his tank battalion get hit. This upset him greatly. Let's put it that way. He, so he grabs up his rifle and he charges a machine gun emplacement, kills everything inside, charges a second one and pretty much did the same thing there. Um, he is not being polite. He's not. Hey, would you like to surrender? No. Fuck you. You're dying. Um, the third one that he hits was an, an emplacement containing what was referred to as anti-personnel troops. Um, not specific, but I do know that something that would have been considered an anti-personnel weapon at the time that would have also fit into a bunker of some sort would have been a goddamn flamethrower. And that is a horrific way to die. Mm. There's a guy that I'm going to cover from uh, Iwo Jima. There was a flamethrower at some point in time, and uh, 
he had a couple of times where they're like, how was that? What was it all like? And he's like, well, I can tell you right now I can't eat barbecue anymore hmm. because that's all you smell. Like, yeah. Oh, that's fucked, dude. But um, so either way, another tank commander, when he's finally done killing everything. Um, so after he came out of the second machine gun emplacement, um, somebody noticed that he had his rifle slung across his back and he had an MP40, which uh, not bad, not bad took the MP40 into the anti-personnel area and killed everybody there. Uh-huh. Um, and apparently one of his other tan- uh, tank commanders had to actually stop him because afterwards he was still sitting there holding the trigger cl- and just clicking on an empty chamber. Yeah. And had to pull this thing out of his hands and throw it into the fucking snow. Um, the other account says that after his guys got shot, he climbed up onto the top of the, uh, the cupola mounted 50 on his tank. And just started mowing Germans down. Um, and that he had to physically be pried off of the gun after he killed everything. Um, the second one, I think, is probably the more accurate here. Because that came directly from the unit historian. The other ones were all kind of, you know, witnesses at the time. Where, yeah, I'm going to go with the unit historian. Uh-huh. You know, because he probably has had more accounts of it being this way than the other. So after this, this was kind of his last like big hurrah. He didn't see a lot more action after the war. Um, he kind of, he did, he saw some other cool shit though, because he was assigned as a prison guard for the Nuremberg trials. Oh. Um, and I'm sure that the Germans sitting in their cells and their little cages got really, really upset that they would have to take orders and, you know, be commanded around by a mud person. Um, and that's fucking amazing. I love that. I love it. Um, the only thing I really hope is I hope at some point in time he had a run in with that just miserable whore Irma Grease and just maybe, maybe, maybe once or twice just like slapped her in the back of the head when she wasn't paying attention. From now on, anybody that was ever a, a prison guard at Nuremberg at some point in time in my head, punch that bitch right in the side of the head. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Walked by like, fucking bitch. Uh-huh. Just popped her, you know? Even though... Not they... in the jaw. You hit her in the temple and just fucking whack. Just rock her shit. Okay. I so want you... concussions every shot. Okay. You know? <laughs> I want this like a... I want her to talk like a fucking 80s NFL quarterback now. Oh. You know? I want her to talk like Jim McMahon now. No bears and stuff. Yeah. Talk like that. Well, she's dead, but whatever. Fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so after the war, he went back home where he wasn't uh, he wasn't considered the nickname that he had been he had earned the baddest man in the 761st. He was just another black guy in the South in the late 40s. Yeah, um, he's treated like a second class citizen, not worthy of human treatment. You know all that fun stuff. And he decides, fuck this, I'm going back to war. So he reenlists and goes and fights in Korea. In 1952, he was uh, he was outside of his tank and he was hit with a Chinese mortar shell that severely injured him. So he'd get shipped back home and he'd be bounced from military hospital to military hospital, to specialist for the next 10 or so years. Um, and he actually died at home in 1976 as a war hero. And, uh, as one of the first African Americans that would be allowed to actually fight for his country. So bad motherfucker. Yeah. 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 For sure. And I don't even remember where I found this guy. I was just like cycling through and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Because full disclosure, the guy I was going to cover 
after I started doing research, I'm like, I cannot do him in a half an episode. He needs his own because he was a fucking menace. Not just to Germans. He was also a pain in the ass to American command, too. <laughs> okay. Um, the name James McNeese ringing a bell? No. The Filthy 13. Uh, pictures of guys in World War II, paratroopers, like, put on, like, fucking Indian war paint and stuff before they got in the planes with mohawks. That was James McNeese. Yeah. He was a fucking psychopath. Huh. Yeah. Um, all this shit that he did during World War II, he retired as a private. Because every time he would get promoted, they're like, Demoted. you're an asshole. Take that off. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't because he was like being stupid in combat. He was like getting drunk and beating the shit out of officers at their fucking mess halls and stuff. Because <laughs> fuck them. They're officers. They're not people, you know. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's our Memorial Day, I guess. Nice. Yes. You know. Uh, and if any of you served that were listening to this, thank you for your service. Well, I mean, Memorial Day, we usually cover people that have passed because Memorial Day is for remembering them. Veterans Day is for the ones that are still here. All right, fine. You know. Well, thank your ancestors for their service. Yes. yes. And I will say, if you're English, you may not want to go over to patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast for this one because uh, I'm sorry, Ben, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> oh, no. So uh... anybody else, Jesse, <laughs> you specifically, sir. Uh, very specifically for a reason that uh, will become evident when I speak to you later this week. Yeah. Your wife's going to like this one. We'll put it that way. Um, Anyway, Kevin, roll that beautiful headphone footage. Studio.com. Check them out. They got all what you're looking for. Headphones, earbuds, Bluetooth speaker. Put it in your basket. Go to checkout. Put the promo code of darkwindows15 in. Get 15% off your entire purchase. You can also find us on you can find us on Facebook, Dark Windows Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dark Windows Pod. Yeah. Uh, you can email us, you know, at darkwindowspod at gmail.com. That's it. Uh, or yeah. if you actually want us to respond, you can message either one of us on Facebook. Yeah, you can direct you know directly just you know yeah. shit shit on us or whatever. It doesn't matter. I might tell you to fuck off, but you know, whatever. If you're going to shit on me, you got to buy me a steak first. That's true. You can do whatever you want after that. I mean... No mouth stuff. Uh, no. Or butt stuff. Eh. Uh, no mouth stuff. I'm not butt stuff. I kiss my wife with that thing. No oh, mouth stuff. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Just because you can't see on the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see into you. That's it. Bye-bye. Nailed Until it. next time. <laughs> Thank you.